insurance costs in the Florida Keys can have a big effect on your monthly expenses. It can be a little overwhelming understanding how our insurance works. In this episode, I provide you the tools and access to the information so you can become an expert and understand how insurance may affect you. Today, we have Christine Thing with Insurance of America to walk us through homeowner, wind, and flood insurance. Welcome to Florida Keys Real Estate Podcast with April Struess. I'm your host, April Struess, and today we are going to discuss home insurance. When buying property here in the Keys, an important factor to consider is how much your home insurance is going to cost. Today on our show, we have Christine Thing with IOA Insurance Office of America. To help answer some common questions I get asked constantly by home buyers about insurance. Welcome, Christine, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, April. So, Christine, tell us a little about yourself and about IOA. Well, I've been working in Monroe County and in the insurance industry since 2003. Insurance Office of America, or the abbreviation IOA, took over local agencies, Keys Insurance Services, and Johnson's Insurance in 2012. So, we brought corporation into small town. We're trying to join and merge the two. Great. Yeah. No, and we've worked together on a couple of deals and uh, you are amazing to work with. And I really, like I said, I appreciate you coming and kind of talking about insurance because it's, as you know, it is a huge factor here in Monroe County. Unlike other parts of the country that maybe they just need liability insurance here, we have liability insurance, flood insurance, wind insurance, So just kind of want to break it down so my buyers can be more knowledgeable about the whole process when it comes to insurance. So let's start at the first one, the main one, uh, liability. Would you agree kind of what is liability insurance? What does it cover? What do buyers need to know? Well, liability insurance is for anything that a buyer may be found negligent for on the property that may end up ensuing in somebody filing a suit against them to collect damages for either injury or anything that they may be negligent for on the property. So like I said, it could be injury, but it could also be slander. It could also be libel. There's several things that come into play when liability is um, involved. So, and liability insurance, I'm assuming it varies on price depending on what are the factors that kind of varies on a price. I know you can't give us like how much liability insurance is, but is it the size of the house? Is it the contents of the house? How does that price kind of change? Liability is a section of coverage that is detailed on a homeowner's policy. So the homeowner's policy has several sections and a homeowner's policy could also be referred to in the lender's world, hazard or dwelling fire insurance. All of those things not only cover the property, but also cover the liability on the property. So the homeowner's portion, the property portion is going to cover your house, your contents coverage, loss of use, other structures on that parcel. And then the liability is just for things that that customer may be found negligent for and suit filed against them for. It's a combination of the two to make a homeowner's policy. Okay. And the homeowner's policy, that's kind of the typical insurance when people think about homeowners insurance, correct? It is. Unfortunately, in Monroe County, we're a horse of a different color. So (laughs) in the rest of the United States, a lot of times your homeowners policy will cover windstorm. It'll also cover flood insurance. Where here, it's mostly when you hear homeowners, it is just that homeowners and windstorm and flood are not included. So you mentioned a good topic, which I think is why we get so many questions on insurance is because of our wind and flood. So let's dive into flood insurance. So as you know, obviously flood insurance varies drastically depending on what zone the house is in. If it's an X flood zone, 
AE or B zone. And then also if it's built above flood, below flood, et cetera. So kind of what in a nutshell, help us out with flood insurance on the different zoning and why the different zoning matters. Okay. Well, FEMA is an abbreviation for Federal Emergency Management Agency, and they actually formed rate maps which detail the base flood port area, which is what the area calls for. So when you're looking at an elevation certificate, it gives you that base flood, which means that if the county were involved, they're going to make you build at or above that base flood. Basically, that's where they consider flood level. So they want your house above that. Digging further into that, there are different flood zones and those zones that we see most typically here in the Keys is an X zone, which is considered a preferred risk property or not a flood zone if you're talking to a lender. There's also AE, which layman's terms is middle of the road and VE is considered a high velocity flood zone and those are typically the most expensive. They help the National Flood Insurance Program come up with rate for those properties based on their vulnerability to flooding. So FEMA obviously is the one who it's it's not the flood insurance price is not through the insurance companies. FEMA sets kind of the price. Is that they do. Okay. So another question is I know the flood maps were designed in uh December 31st, 1974. Before that, we have pre-firm houses. Mm-hmm. Pre, you know, before the flood maps were created. And as you know, being in Monroe County, we have quite a few of those houses that at that time, since there's no flood maps, there's habitable space below flood. How are pre-firm homes different than, I guess, homes built after the flood maps? How does that affect the insurance-wise for flood? So there are some factors. There are several factors that come into play there. A pre-firm home can still be above flood if an elevation certificate shows that it is. However, those homes, because they were not regulated by the county or a governing agency, they could be six foot below flood because no one was regulating that at that point. Right. That being said, if an elevation certificate is not used for those properties, you kind of are grandfathered into worst case scenario rates. So you're going to have rates that are preset. They're just kind of a standard per thousand and they are a little high. So elevation certificates, if they show that property above flood, then that premium would go down. So an elevation certificate is obviously very important and needed when getting flood insurance. So they know exactly where the house is built and what the flood insurance will be, correct? It does. Yeah, it, it is the determining factor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that's kind of a good concept of flood insurance. Let's move on to wind insurance. Mm-hmm. So why does it matter to have wind insurance? What's it needed for, et cetera? Like I mentioned earlier, in a normal area, your windstorm insurance would be included on your homeowner's policy. And here, many of the policies that you see exclude the peril of wind. The reasons to carry it are going to run from either your lender's making you or you really want coverage when the hurricane touches down. Because unfortunately, in this area, the probability is pretty high, which unfortunately, price goes hand in hand with that probability. So windstorm covers just that wind tornado hurricane typically on a windstorm policy you'll see a separate deductible for any wind versus a named storm so those items are going to drive price as well so the higher the deductible the lower the premium obviously there's several factors that come into play when coming up with rates for wind that doesn't necessarily matter so much on the year of construction but on the size of the home depends on building value Also, construction attributes. So if there's shutters, roof straps, things that are going to mitigate loss, then those items would get discounts on that windstorm portion of the policy or that separate windstorm policy. 
Oh, great. And, you know, you said something that actually surprised me is the year of the house is not a big factor. I thought it would be. But like you said, it's more of what the attributes of the house is, the roofing type, what's it constructed of, et cetera, if it has shutters or impact windows. So that's that's very interesting. Now, the, the year of construction would play a part in the homeowner's portion because from the homeowner's carrier's standpoint, Things like older plumbing behind walls, all those things are more vulnerable to a structure. The older the home, you know, the more things are going to go wrong. It's just the way it is. Right, right. Of course. So another thing, you mentioned the deductibles. So what are some, especially in our area, what are like the best qualities a house can have to lessen their wind insurance? The last revision to building code was March 1st, 2002. So any home constructed after that would typically carry the attributes that we're looking for, but an older home can be retrofitted to carry the same things. So roof straps, which are the straps that hold the rafters to the actual building, the nailing pattern, which is the size and the spacing of the nails that hold down the roof covering. If there's a secondary water resistance or an underlying water barrier, so if you have a metal roof and you have like a grace ice shield that goes underneath it, that gets you a credit too. Also, impact windows or shutters, it's one or the other. You don't get credit for two. And those shutters would have to be rated. There'd have to be signifying or identifying marks on them. So stamps or stickers. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. I have seen that. Some of these shutters are just regular shutters, but they might not have the stickers. So those don't count if they don't have the stickers? They need to be verified. So there are a couple guys in town that can come out. Now their measuring tool, I'm not sure if it's thickness or what it is that they that they measure, but can verify them for you if they're non-existent. I mean, over time they do fall off. Right, exactly. Any other items? I know you mentioned roof, you mentioned the impact windows, the shutters. What about the house is CBS? Concrete or frame, does that matter on deductibles? It doesn't matter on deductibles so much. You'll see a small change in premium, but it's nothing nothing huge. Again, you're looking for those construction attributes that are going to mitigate loss. So that was a good rundown of homeowners insurance, flood, wind. I uh, appreciate that. Let's move on to here in Renault County. We have a mixture of single family homes, condos, modular homes, manufactured homes, mobile homes, etc. Lots of different options to live. So from an insurance perspective, how does that work out? They are all very different. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A mobile home in our area, though coverage is available, they are handled somewhat like a car is. So you drive your car off the lot, it starts depreciating. Unfortunately, mobile homes are handled in that same way. You can't really get replacement cost on a mobile home. It's more actual cash value. So there's some lenders that are willing to take that on, some aren't. And then also the cost when it comes to a mobile home, the homeowner's not so bad, flood not so bad, because you're talking low coverage amounts because of that depreciated value. But the windstorm, from their point of view, it's not exactly a safe structure when it comes to hurricanes. So those premiums are a little high. So your wind would probably get you a little more on a mobile home. Yes. And there's not discounts available for them. So you can put shutters on for your own peace of mind, but you're not going to get credit for them on the policy. Okay. That makes sense. And then flood the same regulations. So say a mobile home is, it's in an AE9 and it's raised up to AE10. Would they still get the same flood? Like then is that still considered above flood and the same value? It would be. Yep. Okay. So that's the same rules. Mm -hmm. So going to 
condos and townhomes. How do the insurance work for condos and townhomes then? So it's a lot of what if when it comes to townhomes, because depending on the association that that townhome is in, the bylaws should be reviewed because those bylaws may state that the customer's responsible for exterior, or it could say the association is responsible for the exterior. With a condo, those are Florida written guidelines. So you can almost guarantee that with a condo situation, the condo association is going to be responsible for exterior and the unit owner would be responsible for drywall in. Now, I know we talked about this a little bit before is, so you have your owner's policy. Now, this is always a question I get asked a lot too. What about wind? What about for a condo? Do they need wind insurance? Is it optional? Is it should they get it? What's your thoughts on wind in a condo? If the HOA covers the exterior for wind and flood? Well, the HOA is going to cover the exterior for hazard, which is your homeowners, and your wind. But for the flood insurance, it actually responds totally different. So I would definitely suggest consulting an insurance agent on a case-by-case basis. However, again, the customer would be responsible for drywall and for hazard and wind. But flood insurance, like I said, responds differently. And the NFIP's policy reads that the HOA will provide the condo back to the unit owner as originally built, including interior structures. So that inside, provided that the association is carrying maximum limits, would be covered by the association. The unit owner should not have to carry flood, just the HO6 or the homeowner's policy and the wind. Okay, great. So we talked about single family homes, condos, townhomes, mobile homes. What about modular homes? They build someplace else and they come and then it's still framed. It still has the same wind standards, but does that affect insurance wise or no, does it go back to as long as it meets the attributes? Well, modular homes, true modular homes are rated as site built homes or a frame construction home. A mobile or manufactured home are built on a chassis and they are towed behind a a vehicle, which is why they're called trailers. A modular home is not on wheels. It's not on a chassis. It is constructed to conform with state and local guidelines or codes. And then Mm -hmm. once it's permanently installed, it's not really movable, which is why they consider it a site-built home. And it would be just like your frame home. So you would still be able to get those um, mitigation discounts for shutters and roof straps and et cetera. Okay. As you know, too, we have a huge market of second home owners down here in the Keys. Mm -hmm. So how does insurance vary from if you're a primary homeowner or if you're a secondary homeowner? And then what is considered primary? What is considered a secondary homeowner? So it really depends on the carrier because a lot of carriers have different guidelines when it comes to a primary home versus secondary home or an investment slash rental property. Some carriers will allow a customer that is a snowbird to be on snowbird, meaning you're here for six months and gone six months, they might allow it for you to be on a homeowner's policy. You'd be able to get broader coverage. You'd be able to schedule personal items like jewelry, those kind of things. Another carrier might not allow, if you're gone for more than 30 days a year, they might not allow that homeowner's policy or true homeowners. It would be a dwelling fire policy. So it depends on the carrier and what they offer and what their guidelines are. But typically, if it's a rental situation, you're going to see a dwelling fire policy and not a homeowner's policy. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you, Christine. I do appreciate you talking to us today. I think the best after discussing today, if homeowners have obviously buyers have any questions about insurance, they need to talk to a professional because as you stated, every policy is different. Every house is different. Every location is different. So it's probably best of any questions at all to talk to someone like you who 
knows this industry to make sure you're really clear. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I know it's a lot of info to take in all at once. So definitely to have someone to hold your hand is, is helpful. Oh, yeah. Agree. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Christine. If the listeners would like to reach out to you to ask for any more information on insurance, how can they contact you? Um, my direct telephone number is 305-537-2779, or they can always email me at christine.thing at ioausa.com. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening to my show, the Florida Keys Real Estate Podcast with April Struess. I am your host, April Struess. If you have any real estate questions regarding the Florida Keys, please feel free to reach out to me through my website at www.floridakeyssearch.com and have a great day.